0: Of any say in them, but we, we do ultimately have say in how we respond.
1: Welcome back to Diversity on Fire. This is your host Heather. We're on a mission to inspire new thoughts and dialogue by sharing open conversations on all types of diversity-related topics. Joining me today is Esvan Serrano, aka the Rap Dad. Esteban is a lifelong hip-hop fan and has a deep understanding of the societal impact of the genre. He also has 20-plus years of experience as a music TV producer and director, is the father of three, husband, podcaster, nonprofit director, and board member, and just released his first book titled The Ten Dad Commandments, Fatherhood Through the Lens of Hip-Hop. Welcome to the show, Esteban.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sure I missed some things in there because it sounds like you do all the things.
0: Too many things. To-
1: <laughs> you know what? Is, is that a thing, though? Oh, it's life.
0: We could talk about That's a podcast in and of okay, itself. So. Okay.
1: Fair. <laughs> fair. Fair. I always like to start the show because, of course, I, I put some like highlight reel stuff in your intro, but I like to take it all the way back and have you share some of your, I like to call it like your origin story. So, Going back to when you were younger, can you share a little bit about what that upbringing was like? So where you grew up, family dynamics, cultural, religious upbringing, things like that, that from a young age might have started you out.
0: Oh, absolutely. So um, I like to always start off by saying I am West Philadelphia, born and raised. I did not spend a lot of my days on the playground, however, because I was born in the crack era. And so it was very dangerous outside which is very much part of my origin story, because that's where I fell in love with MTV. Um, Sitting in front of my television screen and not being allowed to, you know, be a five, six, seven year old running outside to play because, you know, it was some crazy times. But, um, yeah, I fell in love with music right then and there. Also, being in West Philly was like being at the epicenter of the hip hop movement. In Philadelphia, I grew up blocks away from uh Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Will Smith. Um, I would go to the barbershop, you know, minding my business on a Saturday, trying to get a haircut. And he would walk in and there would be a line of, uh, you know, local rappers trying to battle him for supremacy. And I would just watch him single handedly destroy everyone who came near him. So that kind of planted the seed really early on in my life. What is this hip hop thing? Why is this like, you know, why am I so electrically, magnetically drawn to it? Um, Everything in my life at that point became an instrument of hip hop, which is why my book is, uh, you know, fatherhood through a hip hop lens. Everything became through um, the lens of hip hop. I remember my first uh, record player was a yellow Sesame Street plastic record player with a big bird uh, head on the, the needle. And, um, I would only play hip hop records on it. I, I tossed the records that came with it, all of the Sesame Street bops. They got no spin on my, uh, you know, record player because this was some real hip hop instrument. And yeah, so, you know, everything from that moment, it all became, how do I feed this longing, this desire to be uh, involved in hip hop culture? And my father, you know, who was Puerto Rican, he was a avid hip hop fan. I call him the original rap dad. He was playing, you know, NWA and Public Enemy and Rakim and all of this amazing uncut you should not be playing this in front of your 5-year-old son type of music, but he gave me, you know, such a uh unfiltered introduction to hip hop. Um, And he listened to that and salsa. So if it wasn't salsa merengue blasting out of the speakers in the in the Bronco, it was, you know, some hip hop going on. So, yeah, that's kind of what uh, what kind of thrusted me, you know, onto the scene and made it my my life's passion.
1: So that's pretty early on. So, of course, there's dad and then there's the then there's the barbershop that you mentioned kind of seeing that. Can you remember back? It. It can't just be necessarily the words, because at that age, you're not necessarily understanding at five the context of the words. Okay, you can hear them, right? But you meant not necessarily understand the context. Is it really kind of the beat and the flow that you feel like you connected with?
0: You know what it was? And yeah, that's a great point. And I'm so glad. And it's funny because I listen back to some of those NWA records now. And I'm like, how was I? How did he say that? I can't believe I was listening my virgin ears, you know? But... um. But yeah, so what really was for me was the attitude. It was the confidence, you know, the competition, you know, all of those elements, the, the originality, you know, a lot of, you know, back, I hate to say back in the day, but, uh, back in the day, you know, hip hop was all about being original. It was about self expression. You know, a lot of what's going on now because it's been so heavily monetized and it is a music business is it's a copycat. You know uh formula now oh this works let's all run in that direction whereas you know hip-hop originally was all about how original can i get you know how much can i tell my story how much can i bring you into my world and let you hear my perspective so i got to see you know from from the 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 jewelry and the cars and the big glasses it was really big and almost like cartoonish you know, you saw somebody walking down the street, you knew they were a rapper because they just presented, or a b-boy or a graph artist, they just presented in such a way that separated them you know, from everyone else. So it was really the energy and the confidence of hip hop. You know, I'm the man, here's why I'm better than everybody else, and here's why all the girls love me, and here's why my song is the best. That was the energy that, that, it, that it projected on me. And, um, you know, I was sold.
1: I love that explanation because I feel like it represents how I feel about it as well. People look at me and that I'm not expected to have come up on any sort of music like this. But I did. And I'm like, so Lost Boys, Renee comes to mind, right? And I think about like, I can tell you all the words, but to be able to flow them, just like, it's a conversation. And when you really start to look at it in the way that you experience it and the skill that it takes to present it in that way is absolutely mind blowing. So I definitely appreciate that. One thing that I find interesting, even, even as a lover of hip hop and rap and and really most genres, but but particularly those, I never thought to connect that with fatherhood. It doesn't feel connected in my mind. Now, of course, I'm not a father, so it wouldn't connect in that way anyways, but it, it doesn't feel like it connects. I find it super interesting. In your experience, why did you, because obviously you've created this brand surrounding it and, and the book. Right. Why do you think it's so important to highlight those two together?
0: So, um, you know, it's funny, you know, my whole career as a journalist, um, I've always wanted to make the connections that weren't like the in-your-face connections. And it's been tough at times, you know, to discover those, you know, kind of under told stories or unserviced uh underserviced uh, audiences in hip hop. But I've been able to hit that uh, a few times and this one obviously is is my favorite and most dear to me. And when you think about hip hop, you know, now now that I'm presenting the idea, um when you think about it, you know, one of our favorite slang words in hip hop is sun. We sun each other all the time. What up, son? you know, what, you know, that's, that's obviously, you know, from a, a very father-son type of relationship. Now, my son could be someone who is a friend of mine, you know, what's up, son, you know, or it could be someone who I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're beneath me, you're, you know, I created you, I fathered your style, I, you know, so you're my son, it could be a diss as well, but um it really kind of uh originated originally because, You know, as a journalist, I interview a lot of rappers and interview a lot of producers, a lot of people in hip hop culture. And when I became a father, the conversations that we would be having, you know, off air or, you know, you know, off the record, it was just about life, you know, catching up. You know, Uh, if I knew someone had just become a father or if I knew they were a father, that was a very easy conversation to have to warm them up. A lot of artists, especially when it comes to journalism, they sent, they tend to be guarded. They tend to, you know, not really, um, not really know what they're walking into. If this is a gotcha type of interview or, you know, how this is going to come off. So I like to calm things down really early on and, and kind of thaw the ice out. And I felt like fatherhood was always one of those things that people would light up. You know, I remember I asked, uh, Wiz Khalifa and this actually made it on camera, but we weren't at all rolling at the time. Um, I asked him, you know, because he had just had his son, Sebastian, I said, how many times have you been peed on? And <laughs> he was like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, about two or three times. It's good for your skin, you know. And we started just talking about, you know, those par- parts of fatherhood that you would never think of somebody, you know, like a Wiz Khalifa um changing diapers. But, you know, obviously uh, he did. And he's one of my favorite uh, rap dads for sure. Yeah, you know, and then what? What really is at the core of it? Once, once those conversations started to happen, and I see how they light up about the topic, um, and how amazing, you know, focused they were, and and you know, I was even taught some things by a few uh, rappers about um, fatherhood. But then I also kind of dig deeper, you know, fatherhood is such a journey of self-discovery. In my book, I talk about if I can describe fatherhood in one word, it would be a mirror because it, it's like holding a mirror to yourself. And in this little person that you've created, you see all of the flaws, you see the shortcomings, you see some of the things that you need to shore up so that you're a better man and a better father to take care of this child. And when you think of the theme of hip hop, it's always about elevating. It's always about, you know, the struggle to overcome. It's always about, you know, the the pitfalls of life that you're trying to navigate. So, the two are very much thematically and energetically connected. And then the participants in the culture are very serious fathers, for sure.
1: All right, I'm connecting all of the dots now.
0: Nice. Now, the, nice. <laughs>
1: the cover, uh, is it the cover of your book that's kind of yep. busy, kind of like Biggie's album cover, right?
0: You nailed it.
1: I think of when you say the confidence they exude. And I don't know that I've ever actually put those two together, but it's so true. And they do rap about that. They rap about, like, it was all a dream, is what he said. But then he became that. So now I'm connecting the dots because that's what you want to show the kids because there's so many things that we see that tell us that we can't do this and we can't do that or we're not good enough. So it is emphasizing that. I think that's super cool. It's
0: aspirational.
1: Yeah. It's not something I ever thought about personally. Tell us how you got into the industry because you've worked, I mean, TRL, which I don't know. Do people still, do, this is something from our generation. <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing you're closer to mine. I'm 41. Okay. We're, we're the same age. <laughs> do they still have TRL? Probably not.
0: No, I do. I actually produce a show on on um, on MTV right now called Fresh Out Live. That okay. airs every Friday at five. That's that's in the same studio. It's live audience. It's performances. It's artists, um, but it's not TRL. Okay. It's like the 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 light version of it.
1: Okay. So tell us how you got into that that industry because that's honestly super exciting and and you get to you know meet a lot of people and learn a lot of the back end you know behind the scenes yes. type stuff.
0: Yeah. So. Um, You know, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life, uh, my father was like, you know, do what you love. Make sure that it's something that you're passionate about that um, won't feel like work. And well, I was like, well, then it's hip hop. I have to figure out a way to get into the hip hop uh, business as opposed to just being a fan. And so when I started to kind of think of of what my skill sets were and I started to think of how I can navigate, you know, my, my my way. I noticed that hip-hop was definitely moving in a very visual direction. And this was right, this was before YouTube, you know, um, we were still on tapes. It was, everything was tape. it wasn't digital. But I just knew that, um, you know, eventually we were gonna head into where we are now, kind of with like Wu-Tang, the hip-hop series, and we're telling stories about hip-hop. And, you know, films and, you know, television and and other types of content was going to come down the pipeline. And I wanted to be involved in that respect. So um, and of course, you know, I was born and raised in front of the TV watching MTV. So obviously, TRL being the juggernaut show that it was, um, you know, breaking artists left and right. It was the destination to be at for music. I needed to be working on that show and that show alone. So. I set my sights to, to to get on that show. I didn't have a plan B. If I didn't get my internship when I did, I would have pushed back my graduation because I that was my only goal at the time. And so, yeah, I, I interned at MTV. I bust my cheeks and made sure that I made a huge impact when I landed there and added as much value as I could, especially as it uh, related to hip hop. I took some risks, you know, as an intern, you're not allowed to really pitch ideas. You shouldn't really be, you know, speaking up at certain times, but I kind of felt the room and I knew that what I had to to offer was something that would be well received. And so, you know, I shot those shots and it it worked out for me well. And before you know it, even as a PA, or um, I was kind of not in charge of hip hop, but I would get a lot of the hip hop assignments, uh, which I was happy to do because Hip hop wasn't presented well on TV, in my opinion, you know, which is another reason why this book is so important to me because I get to present a side of hip hop that most people don't see that is more of a positive light. Hip hop, you know, saved my life, like literally kept me off the street. It kept, it gave me something to learn, to focus on. It gave me a a goal that I, you know, went out to, to succeed. So I know what this music and this culture can do and i know what it's done for me and i've never sold drugs i've never shot anyone i've never you know called a woman out of their name i've never done any of these things that you would think in the media if you would listen to this music this is the type of person that you are you know that's not you know who i am in the least so when i got that opportunity it was all about presenting hip-hop in the light that it deserved to be uh represented the hip-hop that i know and love it was you know very well rec- received received from both you know the MTV side as well as the the artist and label side, you know it got to the point where um, later on in my career I was sought after by you know artists you know once I became an on-camera journalist. I remember Kendrick Lamar is like I'm not talking to anyone else, but Esteban Chris Brown um, who I, I did a, a, a docu series with I directed one of his music videos and I lived with him during um, his fame album uh, process, you know, when he went out to do press for his album, he wouldn't talk to anyone else. It was an honor for me, you know, to set out to represent hip hop in a certain light and then to have the artists and the contributors realize and recognize what I was doing and who I was in the space. And they also supported that as well. So, you know, that's kind of how I got in the game. I saw the need, and um, I saw this that I had the skill set to apply it, and the rest is history.
1: That's amazing! And what a what an incredibly large compliment to have artists just want to exclusively work with you because of the way that you show up for the genre. That's amazing. What do Thank you, you What do you think? Some of the most major things, in your opinion, kind of seeing it from not only just a fan but but deeply entrenched in the world. What do you think has changed? Been the biggest changes that you've seen over this last 20 plus years of your career?
0: I feel like, you know, from one, the money. The money has changed for the good and the bad, I feel like. Because of accessibility, because of, you know, viral, you know, artists and, and you know, music being consumed so much on social media you know the budgets for you know music videos and albums and rollouts and promos and things of that nature has really dwindled down but the money that artists are making is like up like crazy you know for um brand deals and you know they're they're the biggest influencers on the planet you can you can call you know you can call them what you want, but at the end of the day, they have millions of followers and loyal fans. And so if you align your brand with theirs, chances are it's gonna resonate and hit that demographic if that's the demo that you're after. But with that also is the gift and the curse because the quality has gone down. I remember, you know, there were uh artist development at labels and you know artists came out. And, you know, it was all about originality and finding your own voice in your own lane and you really cultivating your sound and your style. And it may take you years before you come out and you're presented to the world. Now you can do it from your, you know, from your bedroom, throw it on SoundCloud. And in a month, if your numbers are right, you got offers from every label ready to drop your project there. You know, they come to me on television and they're not. Uh, seasoned. They've never been interviewed before, but we're about to put them on live television. it's like, this is not at all the pipeline that, you know, the proving ground that they should have gone through for a sustainable and a longevity type of, of, of a career. So as fast as they come, I've seen them go. It's not always worked out well. But you know that's kind of the nature of the beast. We call it the machine. Obviously, it'll it'll chew you up and spit you out just as fast. Those are kind of the things that 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 I've noticed from the beginning of my career to now. But um, I feel like the creativity, it, it, the 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 cream rising to the top separates themselves a lot from you know what whatever else is kind of going on. And when you look at a J Cole, a Kendrick Lamar a drake the consistency that they've delivered the originality that they possess they don't sound like any of anybody else and the other guys who are running around trying to capture that sound is they they've time stamped themselves it's not classic music it's not timeless music anymore it's very much dated you know as soon as it comes out but the artists that are true to the original blueprint they're living amazing lives you know drake is flying around on a private jet everywhere he's go he's got the biggest house in canada those are the the things that are going on in hip-hop right now
1: so if we bring it back to the connection of fatherhood we talked about the confidence what other what other lessons do you feel like you learned through hip-hop that make you a better dad
0: oh wow that's a great question I think it's the a lot of times it's the resilience. Also, you know that I've I've learned from from hip hop. It's that you know that you're 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 back to the wall. You know, especially being a black father. You know, this book was also very much inspired and written during the pandemic, and uh, you know mortality was very much at the forefront of my mind at that time, both because of of the COVID you know virus itself taking a lot of people away. But also, you know, in that midst, we got to unfortunately see George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. So, you know, a lot of those things were kind of on my mind at the time as well. That's another reason why it was important that I wrote this book at this time, because I wanted to make sure that I could leave it for my sons and for, you know, hip hop, you know, at large and its legacy. But, you know, when you think about, you know, me raising little black sons, I have to, you know instill those types of values in them that, you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. We're going to go through things and some things are out of our control. We can't, we we, we don't have any say in them, but we we do ultimately have say in how we respond. And, you know, building that character, you know, hip hop is definitely a character builder. You can't walk away from good hip hop record, not not upright, feeling good about yourself, feeling like you can conquer the world. Either it's you know three six mafia tear the club up and you you think you can just you know he man a, a table across the room, or if it's you know something like Drake's trophies, you know what I mean. Like there's so many great records. Hip hop, in, in in my opinion, ultimately is a battery in your back. So it's keeping that positive mindset. It's um but letting you know in real life you're going to go through ups and downs, and it's all about the way you handle it. And there's brighter days ahead. Those are like the the, the key things that I've learned from hip hop that I definitely apply to my fatherhood.
1: Which I mean, arguably, that's it's going to be some of the most important lessons, right? Because we all know it. We're we're all headed towards the same end destiny, but during that time, there's going to be ups and downs. So that's it's so important to know that you can keep going. Unfortunately, I don't think everybody knows that, and and that ends in a bad way. Yeah. So it, I mean, especially now. As especially now, I'm saying especially now, just because if you listen to the news and you see all the things that are going on, it feels like we're a little out of control. Maybe we've always been a little out of control as a society. Being a father of three black boys, when you're thinking about the lessons that you instill in them outside of the resiliency, right? But just in society, just moving through society, what do you feel like are some of the most important lessons that you're trying to instill in them about their own humanity and the humanity of others?
0: Um, rule number one for me is, you know, see God in everyone. Um when you when you kind of lead with that, then it, it humanizes people more. It also helps you empathize more with, with other people. I also, you know, my wife and I definitely made it a a, a staple and an important thing that we surrounded our kids with uh, a lot of diversity. You know, they've experienced all types of different, you know, walks of life. And we are uh, also very keen on traveling and going different places with them as well. So I definitely don't, I don't instill fear in them whatsoever. When it comes to society and and the things that they're facing, because, you know, who wants to live in fear that that's not that's not at all any type of way to live. And I've also not ever let it govern my life whatsoever. I'm able to be successful. I'm able to live the life that I've always wanted to live far beyond my wildest dreams. I literally live, you know, that way. And the same is true for them also. So while things are not ideal for us, and while, you know, some of the things that they may come across isn't always fair, the only thing that can stop you in this world is you, period. So, you know, and they live that. Trust me, if you, you know, if you've ever met my sons, they are unapologetically themselves. They are very unique. They are, you know, special kids. The world is theirs. That's that's how they live.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. Thinking back cuz you mentioned your dad earlier, do you feel like your ability to not walk in fear when you're seeing how things go sometimes and also the fact that your kids also have that attribute, do you think that's a parenting? Do you think that's because of parenting and support that you experienced and that you're now giving to your kids?
0: Absolutely. I feel like, you know, your 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 mindset determines where you go in life so if you allow yourself to be defeated um then you're defeated and that's it my dad you know came uh again my father's puerto rican he's first generation uh born in in the states his parents came here with a third grade education my father's a a medical scientist warden business graduate like you know he's one of the smartest dudes you know on the planet you know so He, from, from where he came from, you know, with, with parents who barely spoke English to where he is now, that's just clearly, you know, the roadmap of you can achieve anything that you want, anything you put your mind to, nothing in this world is going to stop you except for yourself. So he kind of showed that and taught me that as well, Um, you know, and my son's, you know, live the same life. So absolutely, we get it from him.
1: I don't want to go down a negative path, but I do know that, and not everyone's going to like every genre of music and that's perfectly fine, but I do know that there is, um, there's some negative connotations that, that come around with hip hop and rap. How do you think, or do you think we're fixing them in small ways? Do we want to fix them? What What's your take on all of that?
0: Honestly, I feel like it's art and it's subjective. And I feel like if... Yeah, yeah, there there are some some themes, some words, some things in hip hop that um, I totally disagree with, and and it's nothing that that I'm going to participate in. But at the same time, I don't want to sanitize it. I don't feel like it needs to be a safe space. It needs to be what it is, especially if these are genuine um, stories, you know, of self expression and experience. You know, a lot of these things that are are parts of hip hop are, aren't fictitious a lot some of them are but um you know early on when when it first came out you know public enemy was talking about how you know this is our news they're not telling the news as it really happens in the hood nwa said it as well you know i nwa you know was talking about police brutality in the 80s and here we are 2023 and it's still uh, you know, still very relevant and a lot of people still don't believe it exists, even though we've seen so many countless videotapes of, of the thing actually happening. While I don't agree with all of it, I feel like everything has its place and I feel like it's a great, uh, point for, for conversation and for us to, to learn and, and ask ourselves why these people feel like they need to be, uh, expressing themselves in this way and how can we get to the root of it and help? If not, then just get out of the way.
1: Get out of the way. Is there anything else that you that you want to share that, that we haven't talked about that you feel like is important to put out there on fatherhood, rap, any of it? I
0: mean, it's funny that, you know, I, I'm going to use this analogy of uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Um, but when people look at my book and they say, oh, hip hop and fatherhood, you know, that's weird because of the narrative that's been said about, um, Uh, black fathers and fathers of color, that narrative is so false, it's not even funny. And there's so many uh, reports and and polls and things of that nature that's been done, um, research that shows how active uh, black fathers, especially, but fathers of color are, you know, in their children's lives. And that can be not only just from being, you know, a present father in the house, but active in terms of like changing diapers, doing homework, you know, things of that nature. You know, some of those polls get that kind of, you know, deep into the weeds on this subject. Again, my career started out with me just wanting to present hip hop in a, in a certain light. And I'm definitely doing that with this book. I hope that it also shapes people to uh, think of when you think of hip hop, maybe think of fatherhood. As opposed to when you think of hip-hop, you're thinking of what you've always kind of been fed, which is, you know, the, the negative side of it. There's a beautiful side of this culture. It's made some amazing fathers and amazing men and amazing women. And, you know, that side of the story deserves to be told. So I'm so appreciative of you. And to keep it all the way real, when I got on this call with you, I saw your ponytail and your hoop earrings and I knew you, I knew you were, we were from the same tribe. Nice. So. Uh, that was not
1: an intentional plant.
0: was <laughs> <These are, laughs>
1: really what I was wearing. It's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I always end with three final questions. The first one is uh, action item. So I always ask the guest to share with the listeners something that you think we can do? We want it to be small because we want people to actually do it, right? But Mm -hmm. in your opinion, what's something that we can do as moms, dad, aunties, uncles, anyone that has small young kids in their lives, what can we do to better understand and interact with them so that we can have more influence on their direction?
0: Yeah, I think first and foremost, um, there's two things you can do. One of the things you can do, and I don't understand how or why parents don't do this often, and I do this in my book, look at your own childhood. Put yourself in the position of your children. Um, We often do that when it comes to, like, who do these kids think they are? They think they're smarter than me. I've done that. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt when it comes to, you know, the ways their kids are trying to get over on us. But the same kind of can apply when, uh, When you're thinking of discipline or when you're thinking of love or when you're thinking of ways that you know you could be a better you know parent one of the 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 stories that i share in my book is with the rapper fabulous you know he we were having a conversation and he was telling me that no matter where he is or no matter what his tour dates look like he has to be home every morning to take his son to school So, and I was like, you know, where did that come from? Like, why is that like a staple part of your fatherhood? He said, uh, I never had a father and I knew what it felt like to wake up without one. And all of the things that I wish my dad did is the things that I'm doing for my kids. Thinking of his own childhood and what was missing, he was able to, you know, put some things in place that he anticipated maybe his kid, you know, may take issue with. You know, Fabulous is flying all over the world, literally, you know. Uh, that's how he makes his living, but that's a staple part of of who he is. And also, I feel like getting in and finding those commonalities and interests with your kids is huge. You know, a lot of times um, we have a parent-child dynamic. I grew up, my father was my best friend. And he would always say, I'm not your friend, I'm your father. But then we would be outside playing basketball or we'd be going to the movies or we'd be going to a basketball game. And we'd be hanging out on the couch watching some sports or whatever. Or we'd listen to the music. So he definitely very well, very much was my friend. And I feel like the more that we can normalize a relationship with our children that isn't just caretaker, you know child but more of leveling and you know getting getting to know each other and getting down on what each other likes you know when i first started my fatherhood journey my son joe his my oldest son he was a marvel nerd and all he wanted to do was watch marvel everything and i i wasn't about that life whatsoever i never read comics or anything like that and now the roles has totally reversed and he could care less because he's 19 and he's in college And I'm like, yo, we got to go see Ant-Man, bro. What are we doing? You know? So I feel like, you know, those are some actionable steps.
1: Fantastic. All right. What in your current phase of life are five words that you would use to describe yourself?
0: Ooh. Hmm. Five words I would use to describe myself right now. Spiritual. Number one. I am a very, very spirit-led person. So for sure that. Optimistic. That's definitely, I am, you know, the glass all the way full, even if it's half air, half water, you know, it's still a full glass. You know, that's, that's, you know, my, my vibe. Hip hop, obviously. I am hip hop to the core, always creative. You know, that's, that's just my life. My lifestyle is creative. I built a, a house of creativity. My wife is a creative. My sons are all creative. We are, you know, there's there's markers and and cameras and lenses and guitars and everything all over my house. This is definitely a really uh, creative environment. And the last one I say is I'm a servant. Uh, I'm a servant to my sons. I'm a servant to my wife, my family. um, And I'm also always a servant to to God and a servant to hip hop.
1: Very good words. And then where are we sending everybody to connect with you? Uh, Stay in touch, find your book all of that stuff.
0: You can find me at rapdads.com. Rapdads.com is the hub. There's a blog there. There's a book there. My podcast, um, I dropped it like it was an album. I've interviewed a bunch of rappers and put it all out on one day. The Rap Dad Volume 1 podcast is, uh, you can find that there. There's some dope dad t-shirts there. Father's Day is coming up. So uh, for the quintessential hip hop, rap dad, there's a lot of stuff there that that would serve for sure.
1: Okay, fantastic. So I will put that all in the show notes. I hope everybody goes out and grab your book. I'm definitely going to. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that I have a new found perspective for how these things work together. I think it's yes. so important to just I, I, I want to say rewrite the narrative, but I don't think that's what you're doing. I think you're repackaging it in the way that's mm. more fully authentic. When when we are getting one view of it versus now we get the rest of the story kind of,
0: yes, right? So I'm, really I'm, appreciate it. I'm representing and representing yes. at the same time. Yeah. For sure, I love that.
1: Love it, thank you so much, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope this episode helped you see a new perspective. I know it definitely helped me. I believe through conversations just like this, we can all set fire to our ignorance and rise from those ashes together as better humans. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed on today's episode, they're our own. We encourage you to do your own research, come to your own conclusions. Connect with Diversity on Fire on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Diversity on Fire. Check the show notes on how to connect with Esteban and grab his book. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love your... feedback head on over to whatever platform you use that allows ratings and drop us a love note don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode be sure to share this conversation with others so they can join as well and until next time don't forget to check your bias and keep the conversations going